0: on how you buy. Hello to everybody with the California King. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun and I'll get
1: to know you and you'll get to know me.
0: Hi, everybody. It's Chris Gathard here. Welcome back to Beautiful Anonymous. I am recording this at the actual Earwolf Studio. Took the trip from the country back into New York City, sitting here in person with my old friend Jared. And it feels good. Sort of scary and weird, but good to be back. Good to be back. Listen, I'm so glad you guys are enjoying the show. I'm so glad you're you're listening. Thank you for the the positive feedback. I got to tell you, this beautiful anonymous the facebook community i've been jumping in there a lot lately participating in the discussions if you're not in there you're a fan of the show join up it's uh to my understanding it's one of the largest podcast related communities on all of facebook and there's just a lot of support a lot of support and last week we had our caller who who has been opioid free for 315 days and i will tell you A lot of people in there just saying, thanks for sharing this story. And it was heartbreaking to me how many people said, I lost a relative, I lost a friend. It's really good to get this out here, to hear that someone found help and that the help worked. And it was uh, tough but cathartic to see that conversation unfold. And I thank everybody who participated in it and everybody who makes that space such a positive one. Now, as far as this week's call goes... I'm not going to say it's a happy one. This caller has had a, a background and some experiences throughout life that you would wish upon no one. A series of, of things that are, are just rough to hear about, hard to hear about, sad to hear about. That being said, we do manage to find some laughs along the way. Me and this caller have a vibe. It 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 clicks. And we do find... Some moments where that shines through. And and I'm left thinking, man, that's what this show is when it's at its best. We all got anxieties, stresses, things that have happened in the past that affect us to this day. And what do we do? We look for a, a break in the clouds where the sun can shine through. I hope you get something out of this call.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh... This is the first time since the world fell apart that I've traveled back to New York City and I'm actually in the studio. And I'll tell you what, I'm gonna be a little mushy. Feels real good to actually... Sit down with with Jared and talk like humans, not on Zoom. Good. Yeah.
1: That is awesome.
0: Yeah. How are you?
1: Nothing like being home. I'm good. A little nervous. Never thought I would get through. No need. (laughs) Here I am. No need. Yeah, I'm good. I was at work when I called. And uh, once the producer came on, I'm assuming it might have been Jared, um, I said, I'll be back. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm just on a little drive. I relax a little better when I'm driving. So Nice. Yeah. So yeah.
0: what do you want to talk uh, about today? The floor is yours.
1: Well, um, I guess we can start here. I am a mom of 10-year-old twin boys. Um, I'm in my mid-30s and just found out I'm having another child, which I did not think was possible at all. So. That's kind of crazy. Congrats. I know. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I didn't even think I wanted um, more kids. It's kind of crazy with twin boys. So, and I actually never um, wanted to bring kids into the world. So now I'm going to have three of my own. (laughs)
0: Really? So, personal question were you planning the twins or, or were they a surprise as well?
1: Yep, that was a surprise as well.
0: Ooh, double I was surprise. when
1: I found out. I know. <laughs> I always tell people I never thought I wanted kids, <laughs> and then bam, I got two at once.
0: <laughs> I hate to laugh and let me know if it's a sore <laughs> spot, but just the thought of, you know, that first moment of like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And you're like, wow. And then somebody goes and it's twins and you must be gone. Oh no, screw you. Oh, this is a joke. Do you have that reaction? <laughs> Yeah,
1: I did. I remember, and I saw on the ultrasound, I was like, wait a second, there's two things there. And she's like, yep, here's baby A and here's baby B. And I was like, oh my effing gosh, (laughs) what the heck.
0: That's a lot to sign up for out of the blue.
1: It was, yeah, it definitely was. And My mom wasn't the greatest mom, and so I was nervous about um, being a mom, Um, but it went a whole lot different and it was a lot better. So they're great. They're good kids. Um, yeah. That's and
0: now they're cool. going to have a sibling. So <laughs> I bet that, I bet coming from that background where your mom wasn't the best must be daunting. But when it actually comes to the practice of being a mom, it must make you want to work really hard to get it right.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, I had a crazy childhood growing up. And so it was, I was very, um, just kind of a stickler on not having that kind of life for my little ones. And so it was motivation. It was also fear, but yeah, we're, we're good.
0: (laughs) Can I ask the bullet points on that when you say you had a crazy upbringing?
1: Yeah. Um, my mom was a, um, she was a drug addict.
0: Ah, um, uh, sorry. I,
1: no, it's okay. She's clean now. Um, but and I actually didn't even realize she was a drug addict until I was about 14 and I found drugs in, in her bedroom. Um, Did it explain all To me, all that? it was just my mom. Yeah. Um, she used to just sleep a lot and she'd get up and yell and scream and then go back to bed. And, you know, that was just my mom to me at that young age. And so it was me and my little sister. Um and so we just kind of were used to that, and then it kind of clicked when I found drugs in her room, and I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this makes sense." And two years later, I was 16. I moved out. Um, she was married a lot. We moved around a lot. I didn't go to the same school for um, one full year ever. Um, until I moved out at 16, I put myself so finished high school. Um, when I moved out, but we moved a lot. She was married a lot, had a lot of abusive um, men in her life, um, and I'm I'm thankful for it all in a weird way um, because I learned a lot of lessons and I have a lot of common sense in life, I think. But um, yeah, it's crazy when you don't know that you have a drug addict for a parent because they hide it so well. We had a clean house; it was you wouldn't look at our house or our family and think drug addict. Um, and then you realize it and everything just kind of falls in place. Um,
0: wow. And did you did you have some sort of confrontation or was it just, oh, okay, I see what's happening. I got to remove myself from this even though I'm young. Or do you have an actual, hey, what, what are you doing? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, so we actually did. There was a confrontation once I realized it. Um, I got kind of upset and bitter. And so... <laughs> I ran away from home stupidly and went to my old elementary school um, and hid in the slide for a while. And then she ended up calling the cops and I went over to a friend's house and my friend told me to go home. And I was just, I remember sitting there and we knew that I come from a really small town and we knew the sheriff and I was sitting there and looking at him and my mom's like, you have one choice. You can go to, um, I can't say the name of it. I might give something away, but basically it's a place for troubled teens. Um, or you can go to jail. And so I went to this place (laughs) and from then on, I was just angry and bitter at her. Um, I remember sitting there with the sheriff thinking I could tell him right now that there's drugs in my mom's room, that this guy beats the crap out of her. But instead I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to say anything. Um, And so for the two years after that, I was in there for, like, three days. And my doctor was like, you don't need to be here. Like, I'm releasing you. This is ridiculous. He didn't say this is ridiculous, but that's, you know, I wasn't suicidal. I didn't have any problems. They put me in there as a runaway. And he's like, you have zero reason to be in here. Um, I was a pretty good kid. I never got in trouble. Um, And then I was just angry. I was angry with my mom for many many years and then it got um worse but sorry my life is crazy and it's a lot and I don't even know how to put all of the pieces together for you um
0: no I'm ended
1: uh, up not talking
0: <laughs> yeah I mean there's no need to apologize and, and this is all under the umbrella of you you know to hear that you started things off by saying, "Yeah, I'm going to make sure my kids aren't raised like that." So it, it's actually everything you say is. There's no need to apologize because I'm letting out like a, a breath of relief with each detail. Going, it's so good that this all led you to raising your kids differently than this.
1: Yeah, well, when I was 19, I had actually gotten pregnant, and my mom. I moved out when I was 16. Um, and actually didn't move very far. I literally moved across the street, Caddy corner, in a uh, trailer house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mom ended up leaving her husband at the time. And she didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and I, at the time, I didn't know how bad her drug use had gotten because I had moved out. Um, and so she moved in with me. And I was actually pregnant then. Um, Wait. The dad.
0: So you moved across yeah. the street. <laughs> so you're still seeing each other all the time. Like you're walking down the block. and
1: actually didn't, no.
0: Okay. But regardless, you're across the street, you move out, and then a couple years later, she moves in with you across the street. Yes. (laughs) Haven't heard that one before.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) She was married to, um, he was a truck driver, and he was very abusive. Um, And that was actually the second time that she left him. But she left him for good this time. Um, Yep, and moved right across the street into my house. Um, (laughs) I was six months pregnant at the time. Um, and my dad had actually passed away when I was 2000 or in 2004. Um, I was 17 when he passed away. Um, and he was living in Oregon at the time. Um, he passed away in a car wreck with my grandma. But, um, yeah, I know on my grandma and grandpa's 50th wedding anniversary. This is, yeah, They were pulling out of a... <laughs> it's crazy, I know. <laughs>
0: well, every specific is, is, is uh, really sad. Every specific that happens, I'm like, why? Why, are you, <laughs> why have you had to deal <laughs> with all this? This seems like stuff... You split this up and spread it around people because one person shouldn't have to shoulder this many things. On is their 50th wedding true? anniversary... I,
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, My grandpa, my uncle owned a car lot, and my grandpa was working with him um, to help him out. And my grandma and my dad went to the car lot to see my grandpa to tell him happy anniversary, and they brought him lunch and stuff. And then when they were pulling out, um, my grandma was driving, and they think she was blinded by the sun because she pulled out right in front of a log truck. Just completely annihilated the car.
0: Oh, that's... That is one of the most profoundly said things I can think of. Your 50th wedding anniversary is like anyone who reaches that, people celebrate that. I know when my grandparents yeah. hit their 50th, the mayor of our town gave them a little certificate congratulating them.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, 50 years, people don't make it 50 years anymore. <laughs> so making it to that. Yeah. It's definitely something to be celebrated. That's, that's awesome. The mayor did that. <laughs>
0: wow. That's... You were handed... No... Did you have any good breaks throughout your childhood?
1: Uh, not during my childhood, no.
0: Um
1: not until I really um, got away from my mom. So I stopped talking to my mom for about two years because (laughs) I have one more bad thing and then I'll get to the good things. But I was 19 and I was um, about six months pregnant when she moved in and my dad had passed away. That's where I was going with this. Um, And me and my uh, little sister, we were beneficiaries. And so we got a a decent chunk of money um, from the insurance. And my mom actually took me and my little sister to court and sued us for the back child support that my dad owed us.
0: Your mom so sued you after your to, dad died?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sued both me and my little sister and so we had to give my mom about $20,000 each. She um, won for the back child support that my dad had. Yeah, she won.
0: <laughs> and wait, you had to give yes. your mom child your child support meant for you? Yes. <laughs> Even though she was on drugs? Yep. And you had been putting yep. her up in your well, in in the house. Yep. So your mom moves in, <laughs> and then on you top make of money. That. She sues you. On top of that, what? No, no. On top of that, enough on top ofs. <laughs> on top of that, what?
1: Uh, well, she didn't have a car, and I had a spare checkbook in my car, and she was throwing a fit. She used to like, fall on the ground and kick and scream her. I, she was, it was terrible. So I just let her take my car. So I didn't have to deal with her fit throwing. And I had a checkbook, extra checkbook in my glove box. And she wrote over $10,000 in checks in two days.
0: So she (laughs) won in court and got 20 grand, helped herself to another 10 grand and your car.
1: Yeah. Well, I let her borrow my car. She brought that back. (laughs)
0: Still, still,
1: still. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets better from there. So, um, Yeah, that's when I stopped talking to her. She actually had gotten arrested. Um, I was going to take her to court, but I did not because it would have put her in prison for 15 years. Um, She ended up getting arrested anyway um, and then moved to California to live with her parents. And I didn't talk to her for about two or three years. Um, She got clean, and we have an okay relationship now.
0: Has she ever (laughs) apologized?
1: Well, Yes, she has.
0: She give you that ten grand back? Let alone that twenty.
1: No, no. I never asked for it though. I'm not um it's not even worth it. It's just money. Yeah. I'm not a very um materialistic person.
0: (laughs) And look, if it's if it's gonna if that if money's the only thing that stops you from having some semblance of a relationship with your mom after she cleaned up. I get that. I get that. A lot, a lot of people would not be able to find that forgiveness in them though. So I give credit. A lot of people listening right now who are, who are sitting there going, you're stronger than I am.
1: You, yeah. I mean,
0: bring abusive I men into my uh, into my childhood. You're on drugs and you steal 30 grand from me. I don't know. A lot of people aren't that forgiving no i do have to ask you mentioned you were pregnant during all this
1: uh yeah so i was pregnant um and at that point you know i still i didn't want to bring kids into the world <laughs> pardon me and then with my all of that going through my mom with my mom um and the money situation it was just i realized that i was not in a position where i um I should have a child. (laughs) Um, I wasn't responsible enough. Um, I wasn't where I needed to be. So my little sister actually um, worked with a couple who um, had been together for quite a long time. They couldn't have kids of their own anymore. And so we decided, I decided um, to give them up for adoption, which was probably the best decision I've ever made.
0: Really? I'm sure hard. I'm sure insanely difficult in the moment.
1: You know, honestly, it wasn't. And I don't know if that makes me sound bad.
0: No, um, not at all. I'm fascinated. It, it wasn't. <laughs> you knew, you knew. Yeah. It, you knew. Yeah. Tell me why. Instead of me sitting here guessing like a dope.
1: No. Um. It just, it felt, I didn't have that maternal feeling that I had. That I think that at the time I thought you should have had. Um. I. I I was just not in the right place. And I don't feel like I even connected to the pregnancy. And it was, I just shouldn't have even tried if I didn't have that maternal feeling, if that makes sense. (laughs) It
0: does. And you said your sister was friends with this couple. So have you been able to keep tabs on how everybody's doing?
1: Yeah, so it's actually, it was an open adoption. Um, I saw him on his first birthday, and then um, I talked to his parents um, off and on. And then in 2017, um, I had moved out of my um, city about three hours away, um, and then I moved back. Um, and when I moved back, they reached out and said that um, he's ready to meet you if you would like to meet him. So we went out for sushi and talked and just hung out for a little bit. He got to meet me, and I got to learn about him. So we don't maintain constant um, communication, but um, occasionally, yeah, we will touch base.
0: That's cool. He's and,
1: super smart. And, yeah,
0: and they they raised him right, and gave him what he needed.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yep, absolutely,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really nice. And and you had said there were some good parts you've talked about this parade of tragedies that was your first, uh, two decades on life of life, a literal parade of tragedies. But then you said things, you said some good things did start happening.
1: Yeah. Um, right around when I stopped talking to my mom, um, things just changed for me. Um, I've always been a hard worker. Um, I started working when I was 14, um, And I got a really good office job. Um, And ever since then, I've just kind of excelled. Now I'm an executive assistant of a $30 million company. Um, Good thing. Yeah, good things just happened. Um, I had the right people in my life and um, I wasn't lingering in my mom's chaotic shadow.
0: That's pretty badass. Thirty million dollar company, and an executive assistant. This uh, is, does this mean assistant to the executives? I'm I've heard the phrase, but I'm not nope. totally clear.
1: Yeah, so I'm the executive assistant to the CEO um, and the COO, um, both of them. So. Basically, I'm their go-to person. Um, A lot of it is kind of project managing, more managing teams, um, taking care of things that need to be taken care of.
0: I love that job description, taking care of things that need to be taken care of. I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing and take care of the ads. We'll be back after this. on how you buy thanks so much to all the sponsors who allow this show to exist we're gonna get right back into the phone call
1: it's kind of project managing more managing teams um, taking care of things that need to be taken care of um that might fall between the cracks i do a little bit of everything menial stuff to mailing out things <laughs> i do all the uh accounts receivable for the company um I'll meet with clients. I do just a plethora of everything.
0: (laughs) So you're the eyes and ears on the ground for the top tier people of a $30 million company.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Wow. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. It is,
1: but you wouldn't know it. Um, Our office isn't corporate and stuffy. Um, I come to work in jeans and a sweater and we have an amazing culture. Um, It's a fantastic company.
0: Do people get free drinks? You get a free Lacroix. Yeah. Thirty million dollars. I expect free yep. Lacroix in the fridge.
1: Yep, there's free Lacroix. We have chai uh, tea. We have a plethora of drinks and
0: snacks. A plethora of drinks and snacks. I like that. And when we're talking Lacroix, is it just one flavor at a time, or do you spread it out like a thirty million dollar company should?
1: They're spread out. We get the uh, we buy them by the cases and the different flavors.
0: You do, and then you have some sort of. Some sort of stock closet for the stack, the snacks and the drinks.
1: Yeah, we have a stock closet, and then uh, that's part of my job is to keep everything stocked up. We have actually um, snacks and drinks for our clients specifically, and then we have snacks and drinks for our employees.
0: Class. Okay, okay, talk to me about this. Talk to because I'm okay. The part of me that grew up uh, a little more blue collar than I am now, uh, you, the client the clients get the nicer snacks clients are getting San Pellegrinos uh, and the employees are getting Lacroix
1: you can be honest no it's all nope it's all pretty much spread out evenly
0: uh, I don't um, buy it you caught your I caught you I caught you and I can feel it and you said Ooh, <laughs> wait hold on that's too, they're getting they're getting these aranciadas, these San Pellegrino aranciadas. <laughs> and these other people going hey you get the coconut lacroix which if I'm being honest I never uh, I get that LaCroix is is a good seltzer, but I don't understand the passion people have for it. Now, San Pellegrino, this Iron Ciata, these clients are there, eating, drinking those San Pellis.
1: Hey, I actually prefer San Pellegrino than I do LaCroix.
0: <laughs> I, I, I like San Pellegrino. Uh I'm mm-hmm. I'm not too scared to say that on record. I like Sam Pellegrino more than Lacroix. I'm willing to take a stand and and draw a line in the sand and admit that to the world. Anyway,
1: me too. I'm right there with you. <laughs>
0: anyway. So you're badass. You're at the t- you're 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 right there, top of the food chain. You're in the room where it happens. In in the language of the hit musical Hamilton, and then you got these twins. They surprise you. Yep now can I? what had changed in your life especially twins you weren't planning on 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 being a parent what changed in your life in those five years I think you said that made you made you say you know what I'm gonna dive in I'm gonna go for it
1: yeah I think it was uh, getting away from my mom she was very codependent and I realized that I had to picked up on some of that. And I was a little bit codependent as well. Um, and when she moved out of state, it was, um, only me left in the state that I live in. And I was virtually by myself, my family. i I never grew up around my family. Um, we kept in touch, but I was alone and, um, it was scary, but then it was also the most invigorating thing. Um, I started going out to eat by myself. Um, I didn't have, even though we stopped talking for a while, um, she was all the still right there. And then when she got arrested, when she was living with me and cutting that tie, she's not even in the state anymore. Um, I just found my independence and realized that, um, I was not a chaotic person or I just had chaotic people around me at <laughs> that. Yeah. I got rid of that chaos and I found my I found my footing.
0: I'm not a chaotic person. I just had chaos around me. That's what a mm-hmm. profound thing to realize. And this was something that wasn't planned. Twins, does uh do you partner up with the person you wound up in the situation in, or were you were you doing it yourself?
1: Um <laughs> Well, so we were together um, until the boys were about a year and a half. And I just realized that I wasn't happy. And so I moved out. (laughs) Um, And he is super awesome. We have a fantastic co-parenting relationship. I am super lucky. Um, I moved out when they were a year and a half. He helped me move out. and He understood. We didn't really fight. It was just kind of a bland bland relationship really um neither of neither of us were really happy we weren't super unhappy but um it was I was at a point where it's like if I stay I'm just going to be settling um and so yeah we have a really good relationship always have never had to go to court I don't he helps 100% if I need it I help him if he needs it Um, we just have a really good
0: co-parenting relationship and that that
1: that's one thing that I Go
0: ahead. Oh, no, that's one thing that you will what?
1: That's one thing that I promised I would never do is uh, if I had kids take anybody to court for child support. (laughs) Because of how my mom was about child support and stuff, I would never do that to a kid and put them through that type of situation. You know, a child isn't about money. Um, I would never force anybody um, for child support or to be involved. Um, And I think that um, a lot of people don't really think that way and kids get made part of the system and it's just horrible and awful on the kids.
0: Um, that's, that's, yeah. I never thought about that. So when you were a kid, your mom, who, who had a vast amount of problems at the time, you saw her basically commodify you and say, how much money can I squeeze out of this situation? When at the end of the day, you were the human being that should have, that should have been what was most important.
1: Yeah. Well, my dad would call, you know, back before cell phones, (laughs) he would call with a money card and she would spend most of the time yelling at him about child support and this and that. And then I'd get maybe 10 minutes to talk to him and I would never see, I had to start working at 14 so I could just buy my own school clothes. And so it was like, I'm never going to do that to my kid. It's not about money. If I can't make enough money to support my own kid, which I understand, a lot of people or situations are different. I'm not saying anything negative about that, but um, I just took on this um, almost too much of an independence thing,
0: I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. And so the kids spend some of the time with their dad, some of the time with you, and a lot of. A lot of peace in that situation, and they they feel happy they they get to be happy kids
1: yep, they are um We do fifty fifty um one week with Dad and then one week with mom. and then of course, if something comes up we well, we have a, a um option to switch weekends he plays um he plays a sport he's in a b league for a sport, and so he'll have to leave town on some weekends and so we'll switch, but yeah, they're super happy. Um, Did mom you, and dad never fight like,
0: he's like a semi-professional athlete or profe-
1: yeah yep he is
0: <laughs> everything in your life is interesting light and dark
1: yeah well I'm also a published author <laughs> nice I didn't know if we were going to get to that but Congrats. Um, I'm a published author in the UK and the um, US um, So that is one thing that was super positive, I think. Um, I got out of everything. I was a journalist for um, a while as well, um, before I went back into office and corporate world. So that was boring as heck, but (laughs) I love writing. Um, So I got to make money doing that for a couple of years, which was was fun.
0: So... Here's what I really like that you've explained and that you've said. So it's not like I'm connecting the dots and cracking a mystery. But just to, here's what I really like about, about you. You go, look, it was chaos. 14, I got to work to buy my own clothes. 16, move out. By 19, not only am I I'm pregnant, but my mom is stealing money from me. I make a mature decision put this kid in a happier circumstance than i know i can provide and then you realize i am not the chaos the chaos is the chaos and then you seem to have made the rest of your life a mission to uh to steamroll life into uh to being on your terms instead of you getting tossed around by the tides true or false
1: true yeah no absolutely um. Yep,
0: 100%. It's funny. I won't I won't say who, but there's there's someone else in my life who I have come to know as like just the most reliable, above-board person, easy to talk to. If there's ever anything that I'm like, man, I don't know which direction to go in with this or that and blah blah, there's a person who always has just thoughtful advice. And then come to learn this person had like you just an un i think fair to say an unmoored childhood and you realize that that chaos is so undeniably bad for a kid and i'm sure you know you wouldn't wish it on anyone but at the same time every once in a while there's people who fight through and and become you know completely together like i said people who have their own sense of agency who go out and nail down the infrastructures of their life i find it very very impressive
1: thank you yeah um i consider myself lucky um i always say that i was born with common sense (laughs) because growing up with somebody who um is into drugs or alcohol. My dad was an alcoholic. Never mean, never aggressive. He was a great dad, but, you know, he always had a 40 in a fan. (laughs) But I got (laughs) uh, very lucky that I didn't go down the same path.
0: Um, And I was Uh, just
1: blessed with uh, common sense, I think.
0: (laughs) And did your your sister land on her feet too?
1: Ooh, no. Uh. (laughs) She did at first. uh, She was very, a wild child. Um, I've never done, like... I've never done cocaine. The most drugs I've ever done is smoke a little bit of pot. Like, <laughs> I went to complete opposite. She was a wild child, um, started uh, being a mom really young, and then she married military um, and ended up having five kids total. Um, did really great for a while, but um, she's not really in the best place right now. So, uh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> she kind of went down this well, and that's okay. She was... She married three times, and I'm in my 30s and never been married. So I think I went way on the other end of the spectrum, and she went. She more followed my mom's path. Uh,
0: I hate to hear that. I hate to hear it. now. Yeah. Back to the happier stuff. I don't. I don't want you to reveal too much, but before you got into the corporate world, you're a journalist. You write. You write a book.
1: No, well, I actually didn't write a book. Um, I'm published for more um, pro-style writing. Mm-hmm. Liter- literature stuff. Um,
0: literature, so not like long-form journalism? You crossed over okay. into fiction?
1: No. Yeah, fiction based off of non-fiction. <laughs> but, yep, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was... Um, The first time I got um, accepted, that was, I mean, they always say, you know, for every 100 nos, you're going to get one yes. And it's so true. (laughs) So that first yes was like a huge, um, well, yeah, I just, it was a really proud moment for me.
0: (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. It's, it always feels nice. It really does, right? And creative, you uh-huh. kind of you kind of feel like a baseball player who just keeps taking swings, and then every once in a while you connect, and you get a lot of foul balls, and every once in a while you're on the playing field. And I, I've had, I, you know, I've been lucky. I think I've had a a, a a pretty good batting average for someone in my field, and even I am still filled with the constant terror of uh, endless rejection, as you say.
1: Yeah. Well, you have rejection, and then. Um I for a while there, I really um, got into that imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, so it's hard. You know, you got to keep your head above water and really just keep pushing.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm, I've never deserved anything I've ever gotten in life. I still firmly, firmly believe one hundred percent have. <laughs> well, I'm. It's that thing where I'm one hundred percent aware of what imposter syndrome is and how I behave, totally in tune with it. So I get it. Also, I'm just like, man, I don't deserve anything. But I know, I've worked hard. I've also worked hard. <laughs> now, what are you going to say when you go to the doctor and they tell you that currently you're carrying triplets?
1: No, I've already gone. I've already had two ultrasounds. Um, currently, I'm 12 weeks. So I've, I've had two ultrasounds. There's only one in there.
0: <laughs> what are you going to do uh, if the next the ultrasound answer. they go, hold on another one just peeked over the left shoulder and then another one just peeked over the right shoulder and they all three grinned at us on the ultrasounds. Uh,
1: I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know if my body could handle it. I got really sick with the boys, um, with the twin boys, and I was in the hospital for like two weeks. <laughs> they were healthy as could be, so I don't know if my body could handle it. <laughs> but hey, you know, roll with the punches. <laughs>
0: And you mentioned that you you have never married. No. So do you have? Can I ask what what's the game plan for uh, for the new baby that's on the way?
1: Um. Well, I guess that's kind of another negative. I'm in a really crappy relationship right now. Um, I've lived with him for two years, um, and I'm finding out. I think that um, it's just not a good situation for me to be in. Um, he's become very negative. He's very stubborn. Um, and then that stubbornness has just turned into bitterness for some reason. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think it's because of the baby. We don't really talk. I've been sleeping on the couch for the last two weeks. Um,
0: wait, you're on the couch and and he gets the bed. Yeah. You're 12 weeks pregnant. You're on the couch. (laughs) Yep. Ooh,
1: it's okay. It's a comfortable
0: couch. (laughs) No, it's not. Okay. Actually, I will, I will stick to my reaction. 12 weeks pregnant, you get the bed. He gets the couch. I don't care how comfy the couch is. It's a matter of principle. <laughs> this stubborn, but I, you know, I, I do like to stay fair and balanced and hear it out and go, okay, bad relationship. I'm sure he has his side of the story. And, I'm, I, you know, I think that in the back of my head. No, I've made every decision I need to make right now. You, you are 12 weeks pregnant. And he's stretching out in the bed at night. No, thank you. A king size log bed. King size. <laughs> King-size bed.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And you're out here on the couch <laughs> carrying his child? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No,
1: that's, just,
0: oh. that's
1: part of the stubbornness.
0: Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> what would that guy's mom say if he knew that? If she knew that, rather? What that guy's mom I don't know. <laughs> You'd say, you get on the couch. Yeah. That's what she'd say. Like, you get the couch. This is not rocket science. Pregnant person gets the bed. That's like the for. It's like you breathe air. The sky is blue. Pregnant person gets the bed. Those are like the top three rules that anyone knows. Yeah, and I don't care. Even if I don't care if you guys are fighting the worst fights you ever had, and I don't care. Honestly, right? It's because it's. I'm always aware, and I've said it on the show, this is your side of the story, and I respect it, and I play ball with that. But he might have his side of the story that says you're unforgiving, or you, whatever it is, or that you you are causing a wedge. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You get the bed. All right, buddy. <laughs> if this dude ever hears this someday. <laughs>
1: Well, he missed the memo.
0: You're an executive assistant. Which it's so, yeah. You might have some disposable income, I might imagine. My recommendation to you is when he's not home, you have some movers come in and remove the couch, and in the living room you put one of those California king beds. Because I don't know if you know that. There's a type <laughs> of bed bigger than a king bed. We're going to pause because we live in a capitalist society. And we have ads. Oh, so we're talking about all this bed stuff. Where's Casper at? There you go. Free mini-ad. Much love to Casper. Very much love to all of our advertisers. Check them out. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Okay, everybody, that's the final break. Breaks are over. Let's finish off the phone call. My recommendation to you is when he's not home, you have some movers come in and remove the couch. And in the living room, you put one of those California king beds. Because I don't know if you know that there's a type of bed bigger than a king bed.
1: There is. And they have the European. Oh, that's fantastic. I might do that.
0: (laughs) Get rid of the couch and get a bigger bed. And tell him.
1: Oh, man. And then
0: when he's like, why did you do this? Look him in the eye and go, I'm pregnant. Need a bed. (laughs) Oh, that's
1: awesome. I, if... (laughs) If I cared enough, I would probably do that. But
0: <laughs> Ooh, that gets, <laughs> to I, me,
1: in my mind, the bed is just a petty thing, right? I mean, listen, it's just being ridiculous right now.
0: <laughs> I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but as somebody who's a dad and was around for a pregnancy, it's hard enough. It's hard enough. So swallow your pride. Do the right thing, buddy. You can fight all you want until bedtime and then you do the right thing. All right. And this is not some, uh, fifties view of masculinity. It's just knowing that there's pain and physical discomfort and you need it. You need that bed. That gets me mad. That's a shame. That's a shame though, that, that there's that tension there, that separation there. And I'm wondering, uh, I'm wonder, You know, you said that you've realized this is bad, but you are still living in the same place. Are you Are you broken up? Are you working on trying to get some of that spark back, or do you think it's done?
1: Um, I think it's it's done. Um, we've had problems off and on for about a year, um, and we don't really fight. I won't fight with them um, I kind of refuse to fight because it's stupid. <laughs> But, um, I'm not going to just sit there and yell back and forth over something and he can't sit down and have a conversation. Um, I'll sit down and try to talk to him and he instantly just gets mad. And so I stop talking and whatever got us to this point, we both have our faults. Just like you say, there are two sides to every story, but, um, Well, I think we're just two very, very different people. We handle situations very differently. He is very much the push emotions back, ignore them, don't work through them, don't just, it is what it is and move on. Where I like to approach problems and try to process emotions. And I don't always process them exactly right, but (laughs) we're just very different people. Um, He's very stubborn and very much...
0: um, his own self. I'm going to put the screws to you a little bit. And I'm going to ask you a question. It might put you on the defensive a little bit, but I do feel like you and I have, have a pretty good vibe. So I, I, I think you know this is not aggressive. I'm just really interested. Because you are now explaining two situations in your life where surrounding your own pregnancies and the, and the early lives of your children, you've realized the relationships you're in are not the ones you're looking for. And you've also described heavily that you had a, a, a mother who's bringing men into her life and your life who really negatively impacted your childhood pretty much start to finish the armchair psychologist in me, which I don't like playing, but the armchair psychologist has to ask if you think those things might be related on any level.
1: Oh, I'm sure they are. Um, yeah. I mean, it would make sense, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been, I don't know. Um I've been proposed to before, and I said no because it wasn't right. Um, and I've spent more time in my life out of relationships than I have been. I have spent in relationships. However, when I do get into a relationship, I think I take it too um, seriously. I don't date, right? <laughs> I don't go on dates when I'm single. I don't date multiple guys at one time. I'm a one person type of person. However, I also have major commitment issues. And so those battle each other constantly. (laughs) Um, and I'm sure that stems from childhood, whether I have fears or commitment issues or yeah.
0: Yeah. (sighs) it's fair. It's fair. And it also, you know, as you've said, you've gotten surprised a couple times. It's not like you're setting out to have a kid and then retroactively going, oh, wait, no. So maybe it's also fair to say, oh, well, this is a huge life impact that's immediately going to make me question, is this a healthy environment for a kid to enter? And I bet you have such a short leash when it comes to the idea of kids in an unhealthy environment. I would have to imagine there's just no chance you're allowing that to happen.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, And he actually has his own. He has a 12 year old and he is a fantastic dad. Um, However, again, this was a huge surprise. Um, I had difficulty with the twins. And so it's been over 10 years. And um, in any of my relationships, we were never safe or took any kind of precautions because. I didn't think I could get pregnant. (laughs) And so if I had had any idea that um, it may have happened or there was a chance, um, I definitely would have um, taken those preventative measures. (laughs) But, and he also, um, I'll just say he has very slow swimmers. Mm -hmm. He's been tested a couple of times um, prior Mm -hmm. to me. So he actually wasn't even supposed to have, have any more littles. And, So, uh, super surprising, but you know, again, he is a, um, he adores his, um, the one that he has, he's a great, great dad. So, um, I do have that going for the little one, (laughs) even if we aren't uh, together or happy, right? We can still have a, a decent, a decent relationship. We don't have to be best friends, you know? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. It It seems to me, tell me if I'm right or wrong. It seems to me like you've had a, a bunch of situations where you've wound up with fundamentally good men who at the end of the day are not necessarily the right men for you.
1: Yeah. Yep. I've never been, well, okay. <laughs> there was one time where um, a boyfriend that I had been dating for a couple of years uh, was drinking and he Raised a fist at me and I blessed the next day. <laughs> so, abuse and uh, awful relationships is not something that I tolerate. Uh, I'll, I'll leave immediately, even if I good. have to go stay with somebody. Um, good. Yeah, I've had pretty decent relationships.
0: <laughs> that's good. You got a head yeah. on your shoulders. How are the twins feeling about this new half sibling?
1: They're excited. Ah, oh, that's cool. They're super excited. Yeah, one month oh, oh, a sister, one wants a brother, and, yeah, they're super, super loving and attentive, and they're, they're excited.
0: That's cool. So then you're going to have...
1: It's a big age gap.
0: And do you think you're going to try to... Because here's an interesting question. As far as the logistics of this down the line, is it like I'm going to have one week off, and then the twins will show up, at Noon, and then the baby will show up at one on Saturday, and I will have a week with all three of them. Are you starting to already map? Because especially, listen, as an executive assistant, you named like thirty five responsibilities you have. So log, you're good at logistics. Are you already starting to map out the logistics of this, of of these uh, parent sharing situations, and how they will coincide?
1: So. I actually haven't but um I think I just kind of assumed that um we would keep the same um schedule that he has with his that um my current boyfriend has with his child. Um he works um I work about 60 hours a week but I do half of that from home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just assumed that it would be um I am anticipating that he's going to want to take me to court which I really hope he doesn't. If he does, I'm not going to fight for anything. Um, he's just that type of person. Um, so I imagine it would be a 50-50 um, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, I, I assume that he would only um, get our child on the weekend so because that's what he currently does every other weekend with um, his little.
0: Are you excited to have a baby background even though this is a surprise because my little guy is now he's just on this cusp where we're looking at him going oh my god you're almost not a baby and it's kind of heartbreaking because yeah. it's been fun to have this little baby is there a part of you that's like oh it's gonna be fun to see a little baby again even though it's also uh, s- simultaneously to the the indescribable beauty of it is is also a uh, crushing emotional and physical nightmare at times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nope, um, exactly. I am. Um, I think I have baby fever, and I'm kind of nesting, so I keep you know obsessing. Like I need a bassinet, and <laughs> I'm obsessing over little things like that. Like who thinks so much about a bassinet? But. <laughs> And then, yeah, just having that baby and the baby smell, um, but then also in the same sense, it's like, oh, man, I just hit the reset button. Mine are 10. I had 10 more years to go, <laughs> and now I have <laughs> another whole 20 to go, and I'm going to be in my 50s when this kid graduates. Like, I just hit the reset button.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be in my 60s when this kid graduates.
1: Oh, man, it's Crazy
0: thoughts, right? Yeah, I'm like, I don't get any. You know, my I've always marveled. My dad was 27 when he had me, and I was a second kid. It's. I had this conversation yeah. with him where I was like, "Man, like, you know, I graduated, and you still had time to travel, and you're still like relatively young, and I, I don't think I'm gonna get that. I don't think I'm gonna get that." And he goes, "Yeah, but uh." I'm looking at you and I've been jealous because you've actually gotten to a point where you're like financially stable and confident in your career. And when I married your mom, between the two of us, we had $400. I was like, whoa. Yep. (laughs) Whoa. Crest is always greener, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, it is. And I've thought about that too. It's like, well, I'm older now. You know, I,
0: um,
1: I've traveled um, because me and my kids' dad have such a good relationship. You know, I go to Mexico for two weeks every year. I'm a saltwater fly fisher, and so (laughs) I have that ability. But now with a new baby, I don't think that I'll have that chance anymore. And so things like that. I Yeah, I was lucky to be able to get to do that before I hit the reset button. (laughs) But I would definitely recommend anybody who hasn't had uh, children and they're younger, probably wait until you're a
0: little bit older.
1: Just so you can live life, right? <laughs> Travel, see the world, do do different things.
0: Well, whether it's on the front end or the back end, I think that is important. It's important to remember, right? Like not everybody wants yeah. to have kids. Total respect for it. I wasn't sure for many years if I wanted to. I do think uh one huge piece of advice I would give is I'm like you, know, I'm like, whether it's before you have your kids, whether it's after you have your kids, see as much of the world as you want to see as much of the world as you want yep. to because it's uh it's a beautiful world and when you have the kids I'm already learning it's a lot tougher to see the rest of that world
1: it is well and don't be afraid to see the world i was terrified to travel for a lot of years Me and then too. i did and i realized a it's not as expensive as you think it is and b once you go you're never going to want to stop like <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it's exciting, isn't it? Like, Because I was the same way. M- my wife loves international travel, and it always made me extremely nervous. I've driven across America like four or five times, uh, twice by myself. So I certainly liked that sense of adventure, but I always felt like, oh, I need a passport, and what about different types of food, and I, I won't speak language. And then you get out there and you go, oh, my God, it's like profoundly beautiful to realize that people are people. And that fundamentally, Uh we all have shared priorities because we're the same types of animals at the end of the day. And you go to any little corner of the world and people just want to have a good meal. They just want to hang out and laugh with their friends and their families. People want all over the world. I don't drink, but all over the world, people want to get drunk with each other. It's like, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. it is
1: yep and just that culture you know you feel that culture you just feel you're you're all people but it's yet so different and it's so intriguing and it's to jump out of your own skin and be part of somebody else's culture is just fascinating
0: yeah I mean the the whole I feel like this whole show is just me just going so what's your deal once a week and I feel like travel is (laughs) another way to ask that question right you land in an airport and yeah. you jump in a taxi and you go somewhere you never thought you'd go and you just look around and you go, what's the deal around here? What's your deal? And it usually yep. works out okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm, really, fun. I'm, I'm really thrilled that you wound up with such a head on your shoulders and that you've worked hard and you've accomplished things that you're proud of. I think that that's beautiful because I, I, I grew up in a house where my parents really... Really, I, I look back now. I realize, man, they stepped up—great parents. But I was in a—I was in a neighborhood where I saw a lot of kids who had it pretty rough, and uh, yep. And and not all those kids turned out okay. And I'm glad you're one of the ones who did.
1: Yeah, me too. I feel uh, extremely lucky. You know, I, I had my aunt Shelley as a mentor for a lot of those years. Um, she lived in Oregon, but um, she was more of a mother figure to me, even though she lived 10 hours away than my actual mother was, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I was uh, super, super lucky to have her.
0: Here's so, a I, yeah. question that might not have an answer. Do you remember a specific experience or a specific moment when you were able to take a, take a deep breath and go, whoa, I, I, th- I think I might actually turn out Okay. Um, no, <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> I, oh, I love the honest answer. A lot of people would have forced it. A lot of people would have been like, I was no, standing on a beach in the south of France. and I, <laughs> You're like, no, no, I just kind of built up scar tissue nope. and paid the rent. And at some point was like, oh, cool.
1: Yeah, I think, well, moving moving out when I was 16, I think, was kind of a, um, a turning point, I think. And I had actually moved out. I moved to the mountains, and I was living in a um, log cabin as a lifeguard for a natural hot spring. <laughs> and so I was there by myself. Um, I got to lifeguard all summer and live in a log cabin, and it was ideal for me. And it was just now I knew that I could... Well, I was, one, I was in the mountains. That's like my home. <laughs> if I'm in the mountains, I'm good. I'm happy. I go camping by myself um, every other weekend. But um, yeah, I think that was a turning point. Like I didn't have to be stuck there.
0: I'm really glad.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> we got- Life is what you make it. And, it, you know, oh, god. How much time do we have?
0: Three minutes. I wanted to let you know we got about three minutes left. Okay. Perfect.
1: Uh, yeah, life is what you make it. And, you know, with getting money back from my mom, and it, I'm really, really good at letting things go, sometimes to a fault, I think. But I don't ever hold on to anything because you're never going to get anywhere if you hold on to all the negative crap.
0: There are wise, wise words that I would be uh, smart to remember. Smart to remember. Well,
1: I mean, what's the point?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just want to say before we hang up that, you know, it, it, your story is very inspiring. And you got your career, you got your twins, new baby on the way, two different uh people to to share these parenting responsibilities with there's so many balls to keep in the air and i really hope that you you find a way to keep it just full of joy and full of peace and happiness for these kids
1: thank you yeah that's the that's the goal i'm i'm better when i'm busy <laughs> so being busy isn't really a bad thing to me
0: <laughs> and do me a favor What's that? You call a couple friends over, able-bodied friends, probably people who are on the stronger side, people who do CrossFit. And when the boyfriend's not home, you carry that goddamn couch into the bedroom. You carry that goddamn bed (laughs) into the living room, and you don't say a word about it. (laughs) And you say, I said I'd take the living room, you get the bedroom. And then if he even starts to speak, you hold up your hand. In the stop motion, you just say hush, 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 and then you just point at your stomach. <laughs> you just point at your stomach. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: you. I will do that. Get the bed. You get the bed. <laughs> Don't care how no, stubborn you are, okay. how mad you are at each other. You get the bed, the king size bed. King size bed. Mm, Okay. <laughs> yeah, we gotta solve this. We got this. We gotta nip this in the bud right now. And tell him I said so. All right. He, he says
1: so. He I get won't said.
0: care. <laughs> he, yeah, Chris Gethard says so. He'll say, "Who's that?" Like so many do. <laughs>
1: uh, well, he will. I'm podcast obsessed, so I listen to podcasts ninety percent of my day, and. Um, I don't know. I think he's listened a couple times to your show.
0: <laughs> Fair. Didn't stick. <laughs> Not a fan. That's okay. Our time is up. <laughs> I uh, This was, you shared so much tough stuff. We also had a couple laughs, and, and that's one of my favorite feelings along the way. So I'm so glad you turned out okay, and I wish nothing but love to you and those kids.
1: Thank you. Uh, and you too, with your little. <laughs> Thanks.
0: caller thanks so much good luck with the rest of your pregnancy with your birth i hope everybody is healthy and happy and i hope that in terms of all the relationships that you're dealing with that you sort them out in a way that is that is ideal for those kids thank you jared o'connell thank you to anita flores thank you shell shag music. Thank you, Jordan Allen. I often forget to, uh, to thank Jordan Allen. That's a sin. Jordan works behind the scenes on this show very hard. And that's my bed. ChrisGeth.com if you want to know where I'm at out on the road doing some outdoor shows lately. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, hit follow on Spotify, hit favorite on Stitcher. It really helps the show when you do those things. If you want our entire back catalog, it's on Stitcher Premium. StitcherPremium.com slash stories for more details.